to Voices from the Valley, a podcast of the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. I'm Amy Spreeman. And I'm Carolyn DeRosier. In this episode, we continue our discussion with community leaders about crisis response to situations involving mental health and how our first responders, namely our police, are assisting people in the middle of a crisis. Yes, in our last episode, we shared with you news about a partnership between mental health services in Outagamie County and local law enforcement in a two-year pilot program to embed a clinical therapist within the Appleton Police Department. If you missed that conversation with the community crisis response team, we're going to link up that episode in our show notes today. The idea, Amy, is to have the therapist immediately available as a co-first responder to mental health crisis when law enforcement are called. In just a moment, we're going to hear from the Boots on the Ground responders, two members of the Appleton Police Department, and clinical therapist Sarah Peterson, who goes out on the calls with them. But first, we want to introduce you to another Sarah. Sarah Kolbeck is the director of the Division of Suicide Prevention at the Medical College of Wisconsin in Milwaukee, and one of the many experts our community crisis response team heard from as we put this pilot program together. Here's what she had to say. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Amy. Uh, We're so glad you're here. In your role, uh, we want to explain a little bit. You work with uh, civic leaders, nonprofits, many other collaborators around the state of Wisconsin on strategies really for suicide prevention. Can you explain your work a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So my background is in public health and suicidology. And so I really come to this work with a lens of not only understanding um, kind of factors and reasons why folks are dying by suicide, but then also using that information for prevention. And so I typically, when I work with um, the organizations that you mentioned, serve as an academic partner that helps to bring data and evidence and information to intervention strategies that are occurring um, in community-based settings to help, um, you know, kind of leverage those partnerships and accelerate the work that we're doing. Well, now you became involved a few years ago in the community crisis response work that's being done in Outagamie County. Uh, Can you explain a little bit about how they pulled you in? I, I know it was a huge collaboration and you brought a lot to the table, didn't you? Yeah, thank you. So um, this is a grant project that's funded through the Advancing a Healthier Wisconsin Endowment at the Medical College of Wisconsin, which is where I work. Um, And one of the program officers for the endowment reached out to me and mentioned that she uh, knew a wonderful woman in the Fox Valley uh, named Beth Clay and wanted to connect me with Beth about some project ideas that Beth had. And so I went up to Appleton and I met with Beth and we discussed um, kind of the framework that was eventually developed and then funded for Project Zero, um, which is the project that funds um, the the team that we're discussing today. And so we applied for that grant funding together and um, secured the funding, thankfully. Um, And then COVID hit. Yes. (laughs) Um, Just a couple of months after our grant was funded. And so we really had to... um, kind of regroup and strategize about how we were best going to respond to the needs of the community based on what we were seeing with COVID. And so that really was the impetus and the evolution of the um, community crisis response team that we are talking about today. 
Yes, and, and just for our listeners who may not remember, in our last episode, we did talk with Beth Clay. Uh, she is the executive director of NEW Mental Health Connection up here in uh, Appleton, Wisconsin. So I'm so glad you two connected. And what did you learn about, is, is Outagamie County any different than any other county in Wisconsin as far as these crisis situations go? Outagamie County, I think, is a a pretty good representation of what's happening across the state. Uh, We have, you know, obviously urban contexts in Outagamie County with, you know, the city of Appleton. And then there are some more rural parts of the county as well. And so a lot of the issues that you see in, you know, bigger cities like Milwaukee and Madison, you see in Appleton. And then a lot of the issues that you see in smaller towns, you see in some of the smaller communities in Outagamie County. And so I think that, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the trends that we think about in the burden of suicide across our state, um, it's fairly well represented in Outagamie County. Um, And so I think it's a really good place to, um, to implement this team. Yes. What are some things maybe the listeners might not know about a mental health crisis and how, you know, we as a community might be getting better at helping? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, there are a couple of things that I would mention about a mental health crisis. First of all, I want to make it pretty clear that this is something that can impact all of us. Um, We all have mental health, and so we all have the potential for mental illness as well. And so certainly there are folks in the community that have increased risk for mental health disorders, whether that's a result of you know, genetics and family history, or sort of the result of, um, you know, their life context and the circumstances that they're living in. Um, But this is truly an issue that affects everyone. Um, And so I think, you know, having that frame of mind that, um, you know, we are, um, we are all vulnerable. And, you know, we never really know when somebody is maybe dealing with a mental health issue, It's, it's pretty invisible a lot of times. You know, I think in terms of what community members can do to make the community a, a, a healthier and safer place from a mental health perspective is, um, you know, providing space to have conversations with people. You know, if somebody is concerned about a, a neighbor or a friend or a family member or a coworker, you know, just being willing to sit down and have a conversation and ask, you know, how they're doing and then be ready to listen in a non-judgmental way. Um, I think the more work that we can do around destigmatizing the conversation around mental health, the better we're off we're all going to be. And so I think, you know, providing those spaces for those conversations is a way to start doing that. Yeah. And I have a feeling that a lot of people might be a little bit wary about, you know, calling the police, calling 911 as a, as a response to maybe a neighbor is having a, a crisis or a breakdown of some kind and we don't understand it. But um, how, how is this program that we've implemented up here having a uh, mental health crisis worker, a, a therapist, a licensed therapist on those calls uh, able to uh, kind of change things, change the tide a little bit. Yeah, Amy, I think you're exactly right that there is a lot of hesitancy to reach out to law enforcement for this type of a crisis. With having a a licensed clinical therapist as part of the response along with law enforcement, really what we're able to do is we're able to take the, the services that folks often need in that situation to where they are. So instead of requiring folks to, you know, 
call and be taken into a facility, uh, the therapist is actually able to go to them and address the needs that they have in a space where they're maybe a little bit more comfortable, like their home. And oftentimes um, having that, that service that's provided there at the time of the crisis, at the place where the crisis is happening, will allow for um, the person to receive everything that they need right there. They don't necessarily have to go to the hospital. They might not necessarily need to take that next step toward um, getting additional treatment. You know, they might be able to just deal with it right there. And so having a person that has the skills, that has the training, that has the background to be able to assess what's going on with the person, whether it is truly a mental health issue or maybe there's some basic needs stuff happening, and then be able to provide treatment on the scene or provide connection to resources um, right there at the scene where things are happening really helps to avoid some of the extra steps in the process that I think oftentimes people are really wary about. I want to shift gears a little bit because I know you are also the host of a fairly new podcast on suicide prevention, uh, such a valuable resource. Can you tell us about that and how people can listen? Absolutely. Thank you for bringing this up. So our our new podcast, which we just started at the beginning of this year, is called The S Word, a podcast about suicide prevention. We are having conversations with uh, researchers and um, community-based suicide prevention practitioners, as well as folks with lived and living experience of suicide to shed some light on this issue. Um, The podcast name is The S Word, um, and that's kind of tongue-in-cheek because we recognize that suicide is often a stigmatized topic. And so, you know, we're kind of trying to bring information about suicide and suicide prevention into focus in the community um, so that, you know, again, folks have information on how they can help and also um, information on how to best, you know, um, destigmatize this issue in our community. So we just recorded an episode yesterday that focuses on mental health and suicide um, that will be coming out a little bit later this month. So I'm really excited about it. Well, we are going to put links in our program notes today that you can find on our site, cffoxvalley.org backslash podcast, and we'll put uh, all of those links in today's episode. Sarah Kolbeck, Director of the Division of Suicide Prevention at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Amy. The Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region connects people with the needs of the community, our strong relationships with nonprofit organizations, and our deep understanding of our community mean you can count on us to be a source for helping you make an impact that aligns with your interests. We welcome the chance to partner with you and talk with you about setting up a fund to create a legacy. Learn more at cffoxvalley.org because together we flourish. We are back. And as Carolyn mentioned a few minutes ago, we talked with the Appleton Police Department about how the new pilot program is going in the weeks since it first launched. Sarah Peterson has now gone on many emergency crisis calls, and you're probably wondering, what happens when she arrives on the scene? Is it safe? How is the program making a real difference? We're going to let them introduce themselves and share their stories. I'm Sarah Peterson. I am a clinical therapist with Outagamie County Crisis, and I am embedded here at Appleton Police Department as a part of the Community Crisis Response Team. My name is Christopher Allen. I'm a patrol officer at the City of Appleton. I'm assigned to the Southern District. 
My name is Adam Nagel. I'm a lieutenant with the Appleton Police Department. Uh, so typically when we get a call for a mental health crisis, um, they can come in in multiple different ways. Uh, one of the more common ways is, is someone or a family, someone themselves or a family member asking for help due to potential suicidal ideations, um, mental health struggles, um, potentially an overdose. Uh, there's a whole variety of uh, ways we get called on scene. Uh, usually we have a response by a police officer who gets on scene and then can conduct an initial evaluation of that person. Uh, with having Sarah on board now, uh, we can have her respond with police officers to help with that initial evaluation and really have a more effective and efficient uh, uh, response to these types of calls. Um, one recently that uh, Sarah and I were on together was someone that was dealing with some chronic alcoholism. Um, and in the past, we may have had to force her to get evaluated at the hospital um, and may have had to actually have her come with us, which she refused to do. Having Sarah available, we were able to bring Sarah out with us, conduct that evaluation at the home, put a safety plan in place, and really help this person get, get some of the help they needed. Um, I will tell you right now, just my experience working with Sarah, it is, she's becoming a vital part of our department and dealing with mental health calls. If a call comes out, like Alan will call me on his way to a call and say, hey, this is what I've got. I think you could be beneficial. So then I'll go to Lieutenant Nagel and say, hey, can you give me a ride to this? And so then he's on a call with me. Um, so I've responded with both officers numerous times now. Um, for the most part, an officer is already on scene um, or on their way. And then I arrive second just to make sure that the scene is safe. And in, in addition, depending on uh, Miss Peterson's workload for the day, if she's not terribly busy, she'll ride with me responding to regular calls for service mm -hmm. in addition to the mental health calls and to help out wherever she can because most of the calls for service I think we see have some component of mental health in them regardless mm -hmm. if it's not readily apparent on the surface. So yeah. She spent quite a few shifts already riding with me in the car. When we are dealing with these cases, uh, we, I think we've seen an extreme uptick in mental health calls. Um, our suicide numbers have gone up significantly. And truly having someone with mental health training has, has become really a necessary part of our department. Um, our department's been lucky enough to have lots of officers trained in crisis intervention, but having that next level um, has made a big difference in these. We're seeing, uh, again, I, I think we're seeing a lot of the effects of this after COVID stuff now. I, I don't know when that's going to stop, to be quite honest with you. I think we're very lucky with the community we have, and we have a very supportive community, but we continue to see the lack of mental health services for people. When, once they get past the officer, which is we are, we are triaging a lot of cases, there's not a lot of services available out there for people, and I'm hoping to see that increase over time. I think with COVID, even just within the pandemic, it changed how I responded at crisis. I couldn't go out on calls. I couldn't go to the hospital. So... I knew if I was working with an Appleton officer prior to starting this position, I could say to them, hey, if they're outside or if they're in an open area, I can meet with them and social distance, mask, and use all of the like protections that we need to, and I can see them face to face. And so we kind of started doing this even before the position started, and it was so beneficial because I wasn't able to see people at the hospital anymore. So if I could see them on scene and see them in person, I could do a better evaluation and avoid hospitalization. Now it's so hard to get people connected to resources because so many people are in therapy, and so it's hard to get an appointment with a therapist. So the wait lists are really long, 
and fortunately, as a part of my position, I've been meeting with different community partners. So I have that partnership with them and I can meet with someone and say, hey, I just met with this organization. These are the services that they can offer and they can get you in sooner versus someone going to um, or calling their insurance company and saying like, well, there's this psychiatrist you can see, but it's going to be three months before you can get in. So we've been able to make a lot more direct connections as well, which has been really beneficial. I, I think one of the things that we struggle with when we deal with someone with a mental health crisis, um, we get people that struggle calling us because they think they're going to go to the hospital mm-hmm. and they don't, they don't necessarily want to go there to seek help. That isn't always the case. And we, we really just want to get this person help. And sometimes it's getting them connected with a loved one that can keep an eye on them for the night. Um, there's so, still so much stigma with mental health across I mean, the country and the world um, that it's tough for people to seek help for it. They think they're going to go to the hospital, they're going to be treated differently, whatever the case might be. And that's for us in law enforcement, that's some of the times the hurdle we have to jump through is if the cops show up, uh, we're going to automatically take them to the hospital. And it's it's really that frontline struggle for us to get through that, to get through the person like, we don't want to take you to the hospital, we want you to get help. And maybe getting help today is getting someone to be here until you can get an appointment with a therapist, until you can meet with one of the Nonprofit groups that might be able to have someone that can just talk to you. And that's, I guess that's probably the the biggest issue we deal with when we go out there is just trying to get to that first barrier. Um, and again, I could compliment Sarah again on the great job she does, but she really is that advocate and that person we can bring out to put them in front and be like, see, this is the person that can tell you all of this. And she quite honestly has those, has the information on the services we can provide that law enforcement that might not have. Or people are more willing to accept those services from me versus an officer even just the way that I can phrase something is it's different and so that's just changing the language has been helpful I think a lot of times we hear from someone I want help but I don't want to go to the hospital and previously we did our assessments at the hospital so it was well you're going to go to the hospital you're going to meet with a crisis worker and then we'll decide. And now we can say, we don't want you to go to the hospital either. We'd like to avoid that if possible. So work with us and let's see what we can figure out. So you don't have to go to the hospital because that's probably not going to be beneficial. It's just a Band-Aid. So we're able to make more connections with other resources versus just putting a Band-Aid on it and sending them to the hospital. Us being able to do those assessments in someone's home, I think, makes a significant difference. We can be in a comfortable place where they can be open and hopefully honest with with Sarah or another worker that's on scene um, and hopefully help them with whatever mental crisis, mental health crisis they're dealing with that day. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the biggest benefit is having Ms. Peterson available right from the beginning because previously we would go to a call and you would have probably two regular patrol officers in uniforms evaluating whether or not you needed to be taken to a hospital to be evaluated by a crisis worker. And now we can bring uh, Ms. Peterson with us to the call right from the beginning. And most of the time, all I say is, I understand that you're having one of the worst days of your life. I have somebody here I really trust who works specifically with people in mental health crisis who can talk to you and assist you. And then she just takes over the call from there. And we stand back and assist in the uh, strictly law enforcement, just like safety capacity as she handles it. 
One of the uh, one of the great things with having a clinical therapist at the department now is um, that we were able to bring her um, on as part of the uh, SWAT negotiation team, mm-hmm. um, having her there to not only conduct or to have be able to provide information about the person we're dealing with, but also have her there to give advice and suggestions when we're dealing with people that are in crisis. Uh, when our SWAT team gets called out or our negotiations team gets called out, that's that's a very volatile situation. That's usually a very dangerous situation involving some kind of weapon or some uh, significant incident. And having her available for those um, types of situations, um, which we you know, thankfully haven't dealt with yet, um, um, will be a really great thing in the future. Like if there is a high-risk situation, I'm not on scene until we know for sure that it's safe. Um, I have a vest, so I am protected in that way. But also I've worked with these officers, and so I know that they are keeping me safe. And they're not going to ask me to come to a situation that's not safe because I don't want to put anybody else at risk just by being there. So obviously the officers, their job is to protect everybody. And so I don't want to be in the way if it's a difficult situation. I think most of the mental health calls we go on aren't dangerous at all in any nature because it's just somebody who's having a bad day and they don't know who to call. And so they reach out and essentially we've all we're all they've got. So they reach out to us and we do the best we can. Uh, we're, we were very good at doing what we did with regarding mental health, uh, just uh, interacting with people and dealing with whatever struggles they're dealing with on a day. But when we can bring somebody who's an actual clinical therapist with us uh, to a situation that's not volatile and uh, is just somebody who has never talked to a therapist before, has never reached out to crisis before, doesn't know these services exist. They're not even quite sure what the police are going to do to help them. They just know that they need help in this moment. But there's also situations where it is incredibly dangerous and somebody is in a true mental health crisis and they are potentially armed or they are making threats to harm somebody else. And But having Sarah even be there on the phone, if she, she sat in my squad car on times and talked to them on the phone while I'm standing up there with them, we can get them into a position where they feel comfortable meeting with Sarah face-to-face in a way that's not dangerous for anyone. Mm-hmm. What I've learned working with Sarah and these last five months especially is that we have, we've changed response to mental health and people in crisis. Um, I've been here 13 years and I've seen the response of we put people in handcuffs, we take them to the hospital immediately without saying a whole lot. And we're just pretty much putting a bandaid on that. Um, And we've gotten to a point now where we can have her respond with us, have conversations with people and never even have to get to that point and have Sarah follow up with these people and try to get them the help they need. And everyone deserves that. And, uh, honestly, I think we're doing, uh, we've done a great job at the Appleton Police Department for many years dealing with mental health. Um, and I think this just gives us that next step. And I'm very impressed with what we've done and how our community has responded. Um, I say this all the time when, we're, when I'm out on the road is we're very lucky in the Fox Valley to have such a supportive community and such a supportive group of people to work with. What I've seen in the, these first five months is something that could be used at any police department around the country. Um, and really, we're very lucky to have her um, in this role. And I'm, I'm excited to see what the next, what, almost year and a half does and hopefully the future from there. We're going to take a brief time out and be back in a moment. The Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region works to strengthen our community today and for generations to come by helping people, businesses, and organizations make a difference in the lives of all. Get in the loop. Stay informed about what's happening in the Fox Valley through the Community Foundation. Our blog shares stories of impact about the arts, education, 
community improvement, healthcare, human services, and the environment. Sign up at cffoxvalley.org backslash loop. See how giving matters. We wanted to mention that this new two-year pilot program received a $25,000 grant from the Bright Idea Fund within the Community Foundation. And we've got all the links for today's program on our website, cffoxvalley.org. Look for the podcast link on our homepage and look for today's episode titled Community Crisis Response Part 2, Care in Action. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your audio and get all of our episodes delivered to you on demand, sent to your computer or smart device. We'll see you next time on Voices from the Valley, a podcast of the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. Mm-hmm.